0: Here. yeah we should at least be able to like help refresh your memory
1: yeah i mean i just played psychonauts 2 last year and a lot of the same rules and mechanics were in place so between the two i, I think i'll be in good shape um, sweet well yeah what did we think Thanks. how was it Shall we record i, I want to ask that
2: first i don't i don't feel like we have to i'm just asking if we should
1: um, um, I am why ready not? at your discretion. All right, all right. Well, Steve, are you gonna handle that? Well,
0: no, I'm on my cell phone.
1: I've got it. Damn it, Ben, can you do it? Yeah, yeah. I am already okay, up and wait. running.
2: Oh, good. Okay, I didn't realize that. You're just on top of things, man. So we were just talking about how Steve has to have
0: a. Well, uh, wait, 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 wait. The guy you're saying the guy who didn't play for the class <laughs> admitted to not doing the homework says he has his shit together. I mean uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Hey, I've walked professor. into more than one classroom expecting to teach that day from something that I haven't read in like a year and a half. So <laughs> it will not be the first time. Um,
2: no, it's um I feel like it's expected as the professor, you have to be sort of just climbing by the seat of your pants. Yeah. And that's... yet everything like falls into place you know
1: yeah take nothing and make something
2: out of it So we are playing psychonauts and um steve is streaming it so i watched some of that i had to um jump into um grilling mode though pretty uh pretty abruptly there so i didn't see the end of your stream so i got to the part where you've finished with the basic braining. And then I, that's like basically
0: where I stopped.
2: So I don't know. Is that where you got to, Steve? How far did you get by the end of your stream?
0: Uh, so I think I, I finished that. You know, you go through kind of like the, the literal boot camp.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then after that, I guess I missed what I was supposed to do next. So I just kind of explored the area mm. um, yeah. and went around the camp and stuff like that. So that's super um, totally fun yeah so that's that's about where i'm at right now i went down there was like a lake that you could go to there's like a lodge uh so i did some exploring
1: yeah wandering around aimlessly is definitely the next stage of the game um yeah. there's like one of the things oh yeah i was just gonna
0: say i'm also on some sort of scavenger hunt yes um <laughs> but i have not found any of the items and i don't know <laughs> if i'm even like looking in the right place
1: you will just randomly <laughs> stumble across them as you go. It's kind of just a random quest that's hanging out in the background while you do everything else. So, yeah, it's comparable to any number of like find the thing sandbox quests, only because mm-hmm. it's Psychonauts is just random junk around the around the summer camp. Um, but yeah, but that's where so that's where we're going to talk up to today.
2: So if yep. there's more stuff, let's not say them because. I don't want to be spoiled in this game. I know that normally I don't care about that, but I I feel like we should try this time to um avoid like jumping further ahead.
1: Yeah. You You know this game stuff. through and through. Yeah. Yeah, and
2: you've played the sequel, right? I mean, I so, have. You, you, so you so all right. So you do your best to not tell us about stuff that hasn't happened <laughs> up
1: to that point. I will I will try.
2: All right. All right. So, with that established, we've got our ground rules here um i wanted to start by just asking what you guys made of the setup of the game so like the basic braining um is a pretty good indication of what we're up to here like we go around um we learn how to jump into people's minds and our, our main character is like very gung-ho about this. He really wants to do this and be a psychonaut, which is what it's called when you do that. Um, whereas others, other kids, because we're at this camp um, don't seem to be as uh, excited and, and some are downright scared. Um, so I'm curious if you guys are like, yes, I like this or this is weird and creepy and I don't know why our main character is so into this.
1: Um, I think it has a lot to do with the characters on that front. I mean, you know, as the as the gamer embarking on an exciting new adventure, I, I suspect it's appropriate that we are behind Raz, who is very excited and very enthusiastic. and, you know, like being a psychonaut is the best thing ever as far as he's concerned. Um, but I also think that, like, they do a really good job of building the world insofar as the fact that the kids aren't interested in this is just an indication of, like, the greater situation around here. Like, many of the kids, when you talk to them, they've actually got psychonaut parents, or, you know, they, they are third-generation psychonauts. Um, and it's all just old hat to them, or boring, or, you know, in some cases, in fact, dangerous, like poor Dogen, who obviously is in, in control of his powers at this point um so as much as you know as much as Raz is really excited I think that's a lot because it has been forbidden to him like it's this whole thing though again we're probably wandering into some spoiler territory there um (laughs) it is new for Raz in a way that it just isn't for many of the other characters and his enthusiasm lines up with that um like for so many of them it's just you know when, you're, when your mom and your dad are psychonauts and they've been urging you to become psychonauts since you were, like, three, it's really not exciting anymore. And if anything, you're just looking for a way out of the situation. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Steve, what do you make of Raz?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would just uh, echo what, what Ben said. Uh. You know, obviously, I don't know the whole plot and everything like that, but um, I guess you'd want to play as the character that's gung-ho to become the Psychonaut, right? So um, I guess from, like, a player agency standpoint, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, and he's, like, established as being really good at this, even though he hasn't had any training. That's, like, the, the main thing we know about him. Other than that he really likes this and wants to be good at it, he already is, like, unusually powerful somehow they can sense this um and that's so there's like a certain amount of mystery i think about like why that might be um it goes along with this for me so we don't yeah we don't know his backstory yet um we know that he like has a limited amount of time Mm -hmm. because they're gonna call his parents right and um whatever that means like they'll come get him i guess uh so there's that kind of like urgency but also like a bit of a mystery like who is this guy? Why is he named after a, a famous, like, scary prophet-type figure? Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but, so, out of curiosity, Ben, have you ever read any Rasputin?
1: I, I have not read any of his own personal writings. Uh, like, obviously, you can't get very far in studying Russian history without bumping into the man from time to time. But, um... Hmm yeah like in except in so far as i know like the rough biographical details about him and his interactions with the the czar once upon a time uh yeah I, I don't really have much there um okay
2: no it's okay we we're not rasputin we're just raz yep uh just general and then is dogen is that like another philosopher or something
1: i don't think so in this case um okay Yeah, like, I think the names are fairly innocuous as as they happen. Um, Like, there might be a a couple of obvious references here, like Agent 9, for example, is the the German guy. Like, obviously 9 is no, (laughs) and we'll we'll see exactly how that works uh, for him in a little bit. Um, but generally speaking, I, I think most of the kids' names, especially, are are meant to be kind of innocuous. And if anything, sorts sort of contributes to their character more than a deep reading of some sort of literary reference or or other allegorical significance. Dogan is Dogan because Dogan is just this hapless, kind of slow kid. Who you know wears tinfoil on his head so he can't hear the animals talking to him? <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and occasionally maybe sets squirrels on fire. Um. But yeah. Yeah, not maybe. I mean, he definitely does <laughs> something to those squirrels.
2: Uh, yes. But they were talking to him. They were telling him to do bad things. So. Yep. Uh, so, so yeah. So there's dogen There's Rasputin. There's Nine who wants to do some experiments on Rasputin mm-hmm. and Rasputin seems ras sorry, sorry I keep calling him sorry he wants to do experiments with him in the lab and and Ras seems really okay with that fine with that
1: mm-hmm.
2: um what's the other couple of there's the there's the sergeant type guy yep uh t is, is that one Fred or is there a Fred
1: uh He's not Fred. Like he's Maury. I forget his last name though. Um, and then there is the sort of caretaker and guy who's apparently in charge of the place. I forget. Uh, Agent Crawler, Fred Crawler, perhaps. Again. Ford. I'm
2: thinking of Ford. Sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah, Ford yeah, yeah. Crawler. Um,
1: okay. Who we've probably met, sort of at this point, but sort of, will, Kinda, yeah. Yeah, we, he will become more prominent as we go. Um, and then we've got what is it no Sa- it's sasha nine oh, i forget her. the the lady's name the lady can't counselor who's much more upbeat and honestly legitimately friendly and apparently well adjusted
2: yeah she was giving me so the the dynamic between them was reminding me actually of deus x mm-hmm. how there's like the other you know agents or whatever right um and they sort of like play off each other in interesting ways uh, and so that was what i was kind of reminded of um yeah but Mi- mia yes milla or milla but i think you pronounce it mia yes okay yeah and then there's oleander
1: oh that's the sergeant yep. right coach coach Ole. maury oleander yeah mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah and so they are like camp counselors but also you know go out and do stuff in the field but it's like oleander he's kind of like just a counselor now because he's you know old or whatever and he's like the first mission because maybe he's the weakest is the impression i
1: got as well well Um, also you very much like you know we initially uh, associated him with being a sergeant like his military background is obviously a huge part of who he is um like he's been in tons of battles we have literally lived through them with him at this point by hanging out in his mind um the indication is you know not not just that he's like weaker than the others he might very well be stronger but that he's -hmm. uh, he's had a little bit too much damage as far as that's concerned (laughs) um but yeah like we're definitely going to be talking about mental illness (laughs) with this game obviously there's not going to be any way to beat around the bush um and oleander is definitely Mm -hmm. in some capacity suffering from ptsd um like he's got it under control and the game seems to take it pretty lightheartedly which you know you, you can th- this is okay. early double fine they, they were being a little bit more irreverent and it was the early 20, 2000s before anyone was really that concerned about such things um but yeah the the message certainly seems to be that you know his his war wounds are as much psychic as they are physical um and if anything, you know, having a bunch of kids go through basic training by living all of his old heroic war days is kind of dodgy as as these things go. Yeah. Um, and yet, good preparation all the same. Right. I guess I'm a little
2: unclear on what warfare looks like in this world. If if, if there is this kind of psychic power thing going on um is that like a new thing that has erupted into the world uh recently like since the time that he had all these more sort of conventional military experiences um or was it always a thing and for whatever reason he's not like scarred by those so much uh as he was by like you know the trenches and the bombs and like some of the more you know realistic history type things but it, but it's all very stylized so i yes i can't really tell i guess
1: <laughs> it is what's going on there. it is yeah. very hard to parse um right. like just on the outset as much as i do love psychonauts i think that the the beginning like this opening basic braining section is a little much to throw at the player just to start like steve mm-hmm. if you were getting overwhelmed there that's fine <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it will become more easier to sort of figure out and and work your way through as time goes on um but at the same time i think that that's intentional on the part of the designers um you know that's what getting thrown into a live fire situation would be Um, So as much as it is kind of hard to read what's going on tonally, hard to read what's going on, like, logistically and, you know, meanwhile you're getting tutorials thrown at you every five seconds, like, what about emotional baggage? How about, you know, learning to hover? How about, you know, like, this is how you shoot, this is how you do this, this is how you do that? Like, it's just, it's a lot. Um, There's a lot of mechanics that they're teaching you and they're doing it really fast in an environment that is deliberately frenetic and, you know, crazy and violent and all that stuff. And on the one hand, you know, it is frustrating. On the other hand, it is kind of hilarious when, you know, you have like kids getting blown off of cliffs and coach oleander laughing sadistically well he does (laughs) um you know it's it's very much a summer camp sort of thing like you've just got this mean spirited counselor or at least you know rather rough around the edges guy who's having fun messing with the kids at the camp like i remember doing the same thing when we were doing boot camp at the cty camp um (laughs) so you know but there's a lot going on there's so many layers to the to the text here like on the one hand it's a summer camp and we're there to have fun and we're there with a bunch of kids who are learning how to be psychics and on the next level it's like and now we're in oleander's brain and now we're supposed to be reading his psyche according to the images and the scenes that we're getting um and at the same time it's intentionally disorienting like you walk through a tunnel and now the tunnel goes up and it's a like a pillbox, and you're you're like gunning down people in the snow like it's a lot um it is topsy-turvy and messy and nonsensical and surreal and it's all just coming at you so fast and you just kind of got to shut off your brain and let it wash over you um Mm -hmm. but there are some really interesting moments in and among that like the the fact that the whole thing starts off with you know sitting in the room with the projector at the screen and it sort of frames this whole experience as you know coach oleander not just reliving his old you know gl- glory days as a soldier but that he is doctoring them for you that he has yes. concocted this sort of sanitized version of warfare for you um and if i recall there's even the the like secret vault critters that run around um, and one of them, he's like, yeah, definitely open that one. And you open it and it's like him getting medals and like airplanes flying overhead and, you know, all that yes. very patriotic stuff. Yes. Um, but there's an- other stuff like the emotional baggage that imply that there's something a little weirder going on under the surface that, you know, it is more than just, Hey, remember when I was, you know, the awesome soldier, like, there is real pain there underlying what, what he is proud of and what he is willing to show you. Well, there's also the spider webs. Yes. And they seem
2: important, but you, you have to get some item that will, like, allow you to, uh, like, collect them, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, the other collectible things here, uh, there's arrowheads. Yes. Which I found really interesting because it is this kind of, like, combo between kids playing in summertime digging stuff up whatever but also it's like there were people here before us right yes. and they had a way of life that we really don't understand um and that's like way older than our, yes. our so-called civilization so there's something kind of interesting and they're like the same pink color as mm-hmm. the spider web. so i'm I'm curious about that and they seem to be maybe a kind of currency or something i'm not really mm-hmm. sure what the arrowheads are for yet Um, I I didn't understand the emotional baggage so much. Um, Does it eventually unlock some kind of, like, cutscene or something? Or, like, does it change the way the characters interact with you if you collect all their emotional baggage successfully?
1: Or, like what's the point of it i guess (laughs) i think more than anything it's just a straight-up joke um you know the the sort of pun on emotional baggage and now it's actual bags lying around in in people's brains um yeah like from the the text of the game you kind of get the sense that by sorting out their emotional baggage you are in fact helping them and making them better adjusted and you know they will be better people as a consequence but there there isn't any mechanical reflection as far as that's concerned Like, it is just another doodad to collect. Um, <laughs> if I recall, getting lots of emotional baggage sorted out will get you more experience, which is good, because that allows you yes. to upgrade your skills and stuff. Um, I think there's also, like, if you get all of the emotional baggage in a level, you unlock concept art. So you get to see, like, the behind-the-scenes hmm. inspiration for a lot of the, the environments, like, especially the, the sort of mental environments um but again you know that's non-diegetic that's outside of Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. the usual game stuff um so yeah there's no like as awesome as it would be to you know you sort out this person's emotional baggage and they turn into a completely different person um that's not how things shake out you will have that kind of power but it is scripted um when you do in fact jump in and mess with somebody's brain to the point that you are helping them become a better person or become well-adjusted or whatever.
2: That makes sense. Um, I found it pretty interesting that at the beginning of this level, if you want to call it that, right? The basic braining, you, like you said, there's like a projector going and it's very like Patton, you know, he's up there with his little riding crop and he's like giving (laughs) this, and then you, you have to progress by knocking that down, right? The screen itself, like, is your first obstacle that you have to break through. Um, I like that a lot. I thought the uh, the way that it ended was also really interesting because it's, it's like there's a secret chamber off to the side. There's like a stage, which right. is where you're supposed to end, but he's not there yet, and so you keep going and you find this like little kind of white blank corridor and there's something at the end, but you can't quite see it before he pops in and, and yep. like materializes. And he's like, What are you doing back there? Yeah. Get over here. Uh but he, then he like compliments you. Oh you you did you were so fast, good for you. So interesting. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely something going on there um with the uh the sense that yeah, you have to like break through certain kinds of illusions. Um and he is showing you what he wants you to see, yeah. you know, and, and hiding some other stuff from you. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. What did you, What did you think, Steve? Any other points that like jumped out at you here? Uh, I know, I I got a little bit stuck in the airplane too. I think that's where you spent a little while trying to figure out what to do next. Um, there's like a yeah. kid telling a long story.
1: In the airplane. Oh yes. Yeah.
0: I don't know. No, I mean I think you guys basically covered everything. I don't think I have anything meaningful to add.
2: Oh. No. Well, what about the mechanics then, like, uh, they do give you a bunch of abilities here to play around with, um, anything that seemed, like, particularly well done or particularly frustrating as far as, like, just controls and what you can do? Uh,
0: I think you there's, like, one part where you're supposed to scale some ropes and you're, like, jumping up and down and bouncing. Uh, and one of the jumps took me maybe like five attempts, and then I realized I was doing it wrong. Like they have a tutorial where you're like you learn how to swing from one rope to another,
1: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
0: so you, you get and you're like I tried to do it five times, and then I realized you can just stand on top and jump on that. So I didn't think that was uh, <laughs> done particularly well. I don't think you know I don't think it's going to matter for this type of game. I didn't find the controls to be that great. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that, I think they're definitely serviceable. Um, but yeah, also I guess going back to the arrowhead thing, I fe- mm. like I don't know why I thought like one of the kids said that they like that they had buried all the arrowheads. I don't know why I I think that, or maybe it was some other item. But There was something where like the kids were saying that they buried them all, oh, or maybe, maybe I'm just making this up.
1: Yeah, I, I think. think- I think one of the kids is responsible for messing with some of them. Like, the kids have a surprisingly robust characterization and series of agendas. Um, so, right. yeah, every chance you get, just talk to people because you will get some of the most hilarious tiny little side conversations that you can totally miss if you if you aren't sort of checking in with them on regularly. Um, and that totally sounds like one of the things that they do. Um, but I think there's also a conversation where the kids tell you that These were buried by the Native Americans who lived in this area, who apparently were also psychically sensitive, um, thus implying an even deeper history than we might have suggested originally. Um, At the very least, there's certainly something special about this place as much as there is, you know, something special because of the people who come there. Uh, whispering rock is important to the psychonauts for many reasons not just because that's where they all went to summer camp gotcha
2: so i was curious about the um the way that raz breaks in also like that wasn't supposed to happen is my sense right like Yes. You shouldn't have been able to get in there at all. They had some kind of defenses that he like got around, um, and yeah, he he like pops in when they're having their like you know intro around the campfire type thing, um, and it, they they're not immediately able to like compel him to come out of hiding. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're trying to use their side powers on him, and he's got some kind of natural defenses there. Um, then i was just thinking about like the way that the game doesn't make a clear distinction between when you're in a psychic world versus in the real world like you can do all the same things i think mechanically and i find that kind of interesting because a game like i somnium you know Mm -hmm. there's like very distinct gameplay when you're in the mind of someone versus not um and so it's kind of like a I don't know, like a question about maybe the rug's going to get pulled out from under us at some point. Like, are we always in someone's mind? Uh, and then it only seems like we go into someone else's mind. Um, or maybe that's just well, like an annoying sort of like dorm room <laughs> question to ask, I'm not sure.
0: Well, I will say on the title screen, when you press start, you have to walk around a brain and then jump mm-hmm, in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, so you do. I mean, I think there, that might be evidence for your theory.
2: But I would immediately also say, okay, I don't think a brain and a mind are the same thing. Um, That might be like a hot take. uh, But I I just think there's a difference between like the material brain. And I understand like we're going to represent it this way, like visually, and and it helps to like be able to talk about it. And there is definitely some connection between mind and brain. But I, I don't think they're like equivalent. Um, And I think Oleander sort of equates them, like one of the first quotes that really jumped out at me, and maybe it's one of the first things that's said in the game, is like, he's describing the brain as like this lump of, you know, however many pounds, heavy, and and yet it's like the whole world to this person, and and Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that that's enough, Um, like, I don't know that there's really evidence for that, but, yeah, anyway
1: well i mean now that we've stumbled into hardcore epistemology territory i suppose i mean i tend to agree with you like gut reaction um and you know from my philosophical background i tend to to get very grumpy with folks who equate brain and mind and argue that you know all of the thought processes and the rich inner life that a person can have is merely the epiphenomenon of gray matter firing synapses um At the same time, though, I, I suspect that Psychonauts is playing a lot faster and looser um, with those ideas than we're used to. Like, I, I suspect that this is more pulp sci-fi than hard sci-fi in that respect. Um, they're just yes. seeing what kind of fun things you can do with the with the high concept rather than, you know, see where the science leads. Um, yeah. But I also think that it is a worthy question to think about because, you know, brains and brain iconography is a huge part of the game, even from the menu screen. Um, They're obviously suggesting that, you know, the brain is at the very least a door. the mind the way that you have to go through Mm -hmm. the door in the brain to get places or the way that you throw doors on people's foreheads to access their mind like (laughs) this is apparently the locus of the mind even if it isn't the mind itself um which you know that i can i can you know get behind like maybe maybe there is some suke in addition to this soma but um even so you know when you when you point to the part of your body that does the thinking or the the part that you most closely associate it with it's the part that's behind the eyes and between the ears and right above the mouth Um, the seat of Mm -hmm. the intellect the seat of you so to speak
2: well I mean you said the word suke that one uh, that one's that's a whole other term too like is there a soul sort of going on here like is that what's hiding in that final room you know um of oleander's basic braining level um that he doesn't want us to see like when he's talking about like the real him uh i yeah i don't know i don't know um and the uh the other character so the one that came to mind when you're talking about like the way that the kids have complex like you know things they're up to. there's a couple of kids who want to find a name for their band. Yes. Uh, and they're, like, arguing over... And and I think the game sort of uses it as a way to indicate that there's certain powers you'll unlock, right? Because mm-hmm. they're arguing, like, whether it should be, like, the Pyro something or others, um, or... I, I don't remember. They're, but they're all, like, different kinds of psychic abilities, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and uh, it suggests to me that, like each of these kids might be like rasputin and have like some kind of hidden powers um that they don't even necessarily know about yet um and i, I guess that's sort of the conceit of the game like the summer camp structure i'm assuming that we will sort of unlock those powers as we go along and maybe um not just for the main character but like for others as well They're, they'll sort of Maybe kids don't have so much emotional baggage yet, but they definitely have, like, untapped potential that yes. we're going to help them unlock. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's exciting. And I do want to hear the band play at some point. I hope that happens.
1: If I'm not mistaken, you can, in fact, show up for their concert or at least their rehearsal. Um, the concert may yeah, be postponed it's... for other reasons, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's
2: rad. Um, and then there's, like, the bully kid, you know? Yes, um, Billy Zilch?
1: Yep. Tall guy with the red hair. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
2: He has such (laughs) absurd uh, character design. Like, it's it's awful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the character designs across the board are just, like, simultaneously a little bit off-putting, but also very, very nuanced and rich in their own right. Like, (laughs) you know, just wild disparity in the way that various human ish people can be represented. Um, it's very distinct. Like you, you cannot confuse it with any other game in that sense. Um, but yeah, like Oleander and his his like scar across his eye, sort of like just as tall as some of the kids, and Nine who's like twice as tall as he is, and you know, yeah. Dogen who's like a pale green with his tinfoil hat and Bobby Zilch who's like a head taller than he is with the bright red hair and yeah, just, there's there's a lot going on in the design department, um, and I've always been thoroughly impressed with uh, Double Fine's art style, both here and in Brutal Legend and in some of their other projects as well. Uh, like, some of this is just gorgeous stuff.
2: Yeah, can you say a little bit about the context for this game? Because you mentioned Double Fine a couple times. Their name I don't recognize. I do recognize the name of the guy... Shaffer, yeah. ...behind it, Um, but I don't know... I still don't know much
0: about... Yeah,
1: Tim Schaefer was kind of the head of the development department at LucasArts back when they were doing adventure games predominantly... Um, so he's kind of the acknowledged mastermind behind Day of the Tentacle and Grim Fandango and The Secret of Monkey Island um, and a bunch of those games. Like LucasArts used to be churning those out like two or three every year for, you know, the better part of the 90s. Um, but as LucasArts sort of was co-opted by actual George Lucas to, to make games that were predominantly Star Wars focused with the release of the prequels... Um, the adventure game division was also kind of on its way out, because adventure games themselves were, were dying the slow death in the late 90s and early 2000s, now that, you know, Doom and strategy games and all, and MMOs were really taking over. Um, so Schaefer and company left, like, they, they just left LucasArts, decided to form their own, you know, indie game studio before indie game studios were really a thing. Um, hmm and that, that happened a lot in the late 90s honestly like um, the team behind uh, rare's goldeneye and perfect dark also shuttered and sort of formed their own studio in the early 2000s uh free radical and then they went on to release like time splitters one two and three um oh, yeah. so you know this was something that was happening the the economic world of video games was very much getting shaken up at this point. Um, but Schaefer and company, you know, knowing that adventure games were passe and they couldn't possibly make money with them, um, their first outing as a studio was Psychonauts. Um, and it shows. Like, it is a clumsy, ugly game in a lot of ways. Like, the controls are not tight at all. There are a lot of those frustrating platforming sections that don't seem to make sense from time to time. Um, They don't communicate all the mechanics terribly well, so again, Steve, it's totally okay that you missed the I can stand on the top of the pole thing. Um, Like, it it is not a polished game, but it is just bursting with inventiveness, um, which was kind of their hallmark to begin with. Like, if you ever go back and play Secret of Monkey Island, or Day of the Tentacle, or Grim Fandango, or any of the games that were coming out then like full throttle um they're all high concept ridiculous silly and incredibly inventive um mm-hmm. like going back to secret of monkey island you've got you know a whole mini game where you have to duel pirates by insulting each other because that's the key to sword fighting or you know full throttle you've got like scenes where you're a motorcyclist like smacking people around as you're driving down the street or in grim fandango there's this whole sequence where you were basically rick from casablanca running a casino and engaging in intrigue with other various characters um like it's just there's a lot that they're sort of pulling from and there's no stops on it Um, You know, so many video games back in the 90s and the 2000s, they had like this one consistent tone, this one series of ideas. Double Fine was all about just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what what stuck. Um, And, you know, Psychonauts is kind of beloved for that reason. It was an experiment in a time when experimentation wasn't all that common, but when it was just about to become more common um it was a weird moment like this is the beginning of the ps2 generation largely considered one of the greatest consoles ever released but at the same Mm -hmm. time like the main stars of the video game you know world were kind of taking a back seat nintendo was releasing some of the most lackluster mario and zelda games that the you know community had seen to this point um you know, newcomer Microsoft had to release their own console and was just, like, hiring whoever they could to make games for them. It was it was a weird time. Um, so, you know, the door was open for a little bit more of that experimentation, and that's why Psychonauts got noticed.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's... The timing of it is really interesting. Like you said, um, coming out of a more stable era, arguably, and then going into this kind of more, like... Let's see what'll work. Let's see how we can use some of this new technology. Um, and it looks like... Uh, did they get acquired by Xbox, by Microsoft, recently?
1: Yes. Um, this is a relatively okay. new development. Um, and from what I understand, Microsoft has basically you know, bought the company and told them to just do their thing, which is the smart <laughs> move in this particular case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Double Fine... After making Psychonauts, they went on to make Brutal Legend, which was incredibly ambitious, very expensive, and flopped like crazy. (laughs) Which is a bummer, because I love that game dearly. Mm. Um, And they very much kind of circled the wagons at that point, and started making Mm. much smaller, less ambitious games. And just sort of trying to keep the company afloat for the better Mm. part of a Mm. decade and change. Um, it's only recently, since they did their Kickstarter for Broken Age and made way more money than they ever expected, that they've really sort of come back into their own and have been able to release higher budget, higher profile stuff like Broken Age, like Psychonauts 2. Um, just in time for, you know, the fate of all small or like mid-tier developers. You know, you get bought out by one of the big players in the in the pool. Um, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I I can't imagine that's going to mean anything too terribly different for Double Fine in the immediate future. Um, Microsoft is not EA. It does not just, like, drive its employees (laughs) to death and then sell the company for parts. But I would expect that down the road, especially if Schaefer is thinking about retiring, which, you know, 30 years in this business, I I wouldn't blame him. Um, Mm -hmm. If, in fact, there are going to be shakeups, it'll be internal, not external, I'll bet interesting
2: all right all right so yeah well so the first thing this game reminded me of design wise is like a tim burton movie or something um it's like that creepy thing but mm-hmm. then in terms of the like actual polygon work and stuff it it isn't that different from like a um an ocarina of time or a majora's mask um or something like uh kingdom hearts you know mm-hmm. that that's on the ps2 um it it didn't it doesn't look that bad like technically it just like is unsettling Like yes. the style itself is this like yeah something out of a dream um yeah uh the stuff that i was mainly interested in um as far as tim schaefer i guess is just like how he gets to to do this right he makes his name in doing adventure games and then um tries his hand at this platformer um while having you know made his company sort of its own separate thing um that's pretty remarkable i think uh and so i i I guess i could see why people would still really admire and like the game even if it wasn't like super polished um because of that um yeah, that invent- inventiveness and that like boldness that you're talking about.
1: Well, I mean, one of the things that Schaefer was kind of doing here again, it was it was sort of adapter die in in the mm-hmm. the you know at the time the adventure game really wasn't viable, and you know Schaefer could never have sold. I want to make a high fidelity adventure game to Sony for the PS2, which you know Psychonauts mm-hmm. was originally released exclusively on the PS2. Um, At least I'm pretty sure it was. And on the one hand, you know, making a platformer is a kind of logical move. Everybody is making platformers at this point. It's, you know, early PS2, you know, this is the age of like Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie and Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon, like everybody's got their mascot platformer. Everybody's been doing this. It's a very well-established genre at this point. And, you know, the the rules for it have already been pretty well entrenched after years of people beating their head against this. Um, And what's remarkable about Psychonauts is that it is an ugly platformer. Like, it, it doesn't have the tight, smooth controls of a Mario or, like, the cartoony world of, of a Spyro the Dragon. Like, it is doing the Tim Burton sensibilities, like a platformer for grown-ups. Um, but it's also just clumsy and the controls don't always work and some of the collision detection is dodgy and it's not always clear whether you're landing on the platformer or not. Fortunately, the game is easy enough that it doesn't become a huge problem until the very end, which is involves a marked difficulty increase watch out for that um but it's it is at the end of the day a platformer with adventure game sensibilities it's still about collecting all the doodads it's has much more to do (laughs) with talking to people and understanding who they are and their their psyche than it is about you know careful precise movement and learning how to like sneak around the guy in order to grab him from the back and throw him off the mountain like in mario Um, the the primary driving force of the game is this is a really weird world and a really fascinating set of characters who are all richly developed you know as would Mm -hmm. be typical in an adventure game um but you happen to interact with them by jumping around and platforming and shooting stuff and you know stuff (laughs) that is more typical for platformers um so it is very much a hybrid in that sense and it's it's very much got a foot in both camps but that's what makes it unique you know so many of those 3d platformers are mechanics first like mario Mm -hmm. 64 you don't talk to anyone mysterious boxes with text appear on your screen for no apparent reason when you happen to be close enough to a babam or something and that's it that's the sum total of the story um you know other adventure games might have like a little bit more text or a little bit more story or a little bit more world building but the focus is you know your interaction with it how do you interact with the environment do you jump do you shoot do you fly so on and so forth but for Psychonauts, the characters are front and center. The storytelling is first and foremost. It's got a plot with twists and turns. Maybe not as Shyamalan-esque as, as you're anticipating, but still really cool in 2001, okay. 2002. Um, something that we would associate more with visual novels or adventure-like games in the the sort of PC sense. Stuff that Schaefer had been doing for decades and had only recently sort of fallen out of fashion, but what made those adventure games great, he could hang on to. Like, I think it was a really smart move on his part to say, okay, what is, what is the stuff that made our games good? Let's jettison the clunky old controls like the box that says talk that you have to click when you want to talk to a person. Let's ditch (laughs) the point and click interface that nobody likes and that everybody's sick of. Let's make an adventure game using mechanics that people like now. And, you know, the result is clumsy but functional. And it gives you that glimpse of story that was what made LucasArts so successful in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it reminds me actually of um, uh,
2: Mario in a lot of ways, um, but it it definitely is playing around with some of that stuff. Like for example, like the the jumping mechanic. Um, I think maybe since it's not super precise and and super fun to do, um, they throw in the double jump, mm-hmm. right? So that you can just kind of like adjust yep. uh, pretty easily, um, and then instead of like jumping on enemies you're of course using your like psychically enhanced punch swing yep. to just like knock things out of the way um and so i i really feel like this game has like an overabundance of of um like mechanics actually yes um it seems like they just kind of said like let's just throw everything in there and uh yeah and see what see what works and
1: um yep who cares if the design is bad if the power if the player is powerful enough to overcome all obstacles anyway like it's yeah it's a surefire solution and and we're going
2: to learn some psi abilities at some point right like we're going to start setting things on fire oh yes
1: don't you worry there are (laughs) an abundance of new psi abilities to unlock um in many ways, they're so, they're also cribbing from Metroidvania's on that front. Like there are there are definitely certain areas and certain things that you need certain items or powers to unlock or or get past.
2: Yeah. So there's okay. Um, there is a lot of like find the stuff going on here. Um, but we talked a little bit about the emotional baggage. There's also like um, the the they're they're like little. What are they? Projections? Yes. That you, like, run through or, or run into in order to, um, the to get them? The figments. Figments of the imagination. Figments. Yep. There we go. Um, and those are kind of neat because they function a little bit like coins in a Mario game, I guess, where, like, they sort of indicate the way you're supposed to go because you want to go get them. Um, but then they can also, like, function as, like, an added challenge. Like, you can sort of see one, but you're not quite sure how to get to it not on the main path um, so I like that that's you know integrated in the game in so far as they are also like these you know they're, they're symbolically connected to the world yes. that they're in um, and I guess that is one big difference between the the overworld so to speak like the summer camp real world and then like when you're in someone's mind I guess their figments kind of let you know what's up with them um,
1: and, and they aren't really there in the The main world um at least so far yeah we're i'm pretty sure we will never encounter figments outside of somebody's mind there are in fact some marked differences they're they're subtle for sure or maybe not so subtle when suddenly there are dramatic changes of gravity and shifts in direction and orientation but yeah nonetheless the mechanics that you use in the open world are the same that you use in the mind but what you find there will be radically different gotcha gotcha
2: so that's an important distinction I think um, and that that's kind of um makes me wonder uh like if there's you know um enemies appearing in this uh in this mind um are they are they representing particular things uh like events and and people um or are they you know similarly sort of vague symbolic um representations right because because as far as i've seen so far there aren't like enemies per se there's just like these poster board um like skeletons with guns that, that pop up and um you have to like knock them down or they'll hurt you um and there is one thing that's shooting at you, but it turns out that it's it's another kid, right? Yeah. It's not like a bad guy, per se. Yeah, that's so, a yeah. that's
1: a characteristic of Oleander's mind in particular. We will encounter enemies, like real okay. you know, moving, dangerous ones, but they will be contextualized in their own right. Um, like, okay. when we meet them, we'll get the explanation. What are they doing in the mines? Why are they after you? All of that all of that will be revealed um uh, but it is okay. in our next session no that's fair i'm so i definitely did get killed
2: a bunch of times in that se- segment where there's the the gatling gun shooting at you in yep. the snow um because i was just being like really impatient and trying to like run through it when i i didn't realize at first that you could you could make little you know um hidey holes pop up for you mm-hmm. um i by knocking down one another one would pop up somewhere further in the snow field so mm-hmm um yeah but i also i don't think in my version of the game at least like i can lose lives really um it seems like i just respawn maybe that's just a basic braining like uh affordance or whatever like nice to me right now but I, it seemed like it, there was really no consequence for dying or falling off or whatever it's just like you pop right back up
1: yeah that might just be a basic braining thing um I seem yeah. to remember there being a live system, but it's pretty generous, as I recall, and it, it's it won't be until the very end of the game that I suspect that you'll actually be railing against it at any point. And even then, okay. the, the the risk you run is of getting booted back to the beginning of the level rather than whatever the most recent checkpoint was. That's that's really mm-hmm. all that it, that it comes down to. it's um, so, yeah. fine, because then there's those little teleport bunnies or whatever they are. Mm-hmm.
2: talk to one of those and they move you around um but okay uh so yeah we've we've learned how to do all the stuff with the camera and the controls and all that good stuff um you pop back out and it sounds like there's a scavenger hunt we're going on now but um there are also a couple of like items that were given at this point um Someone gives you some smelling salts Mm -hmm. uh, to, like, immediately jump out of the mine because the kids... Like, the gossip among the kids is that kids actually die um, in this place or in this mine Mm -hmm. uh, of of Oleander. Um, So I didn't end up using them. I just have them in my inventory still. Um, I don't know if they're consumable or they they just stay there. Yeah, they just stay there. um,
1: I don't think okay. it, it's rare that I that you'll end up using them, like unless you you know have to leave the game because of exterior responsibilities or something. Um, but <laughs> okay. generally speaking, it, it's going to be pretty rare that you like deliberately jump out of a mind just on the spot.
2: Okay. All right, and then the the uh, it's nine, I think, who gives you the button? It's like a token of the laboratory? Like, I'm not entirely sure. Oh, okay. It's a little obscure to me. <laughs> yes, it's the button. Yep, I remember. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, that's like our next de- destination, I think. Um, finding the lab, and then doing whatever it is that, you know, is going to prove or test Raz's abilities there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, did either of you guys have any other stuff from this first segment that you wanted to
1: uh like interrogate further?
2: I think that's all from me.
1: Yeah, I would stress again, like I know I'm, you know, beating the same drum quite a bit here, but definitely spend some time wandering around the camp, talking to the kids. Like Mm -hmm. see what see what they're up to because some of them are just hilarious and others will just give you a lot more insight into just their character, the way that they interact with the world and what's going on around you. Um, and like I said, a lot of it can be missed. It is all very dependent on where you are in the game. Um, sure. So, yeah, take, take the opportunity while you can. It'll it'll make it a much more enjoyable experience. Um, like, the game itself, you can blow through it and it's, it's a riot to play, but when you see the little, like, nuances and, and light touches... You know the the real adventure game stuff like going out mm-hmm. off the beaten path and seeing what people have to say like that's that's really where the richness is like the this game and, and majora's mask are like on par with rich backstories and side quests and random things that characters are doing um <laughs> it is well, very rich right on
2: yeah no i remember now there's a kid who's looking for a bear yes um and he's russian so it makes sense he's like i want to wrestle a bear
1: yep uh and there's the two cheerleaders who may or may not have an insidious agenda uh coach oleander really enjoys blowing them up but they are very enthusiastic and encouraging throughout um there's the like overbearing girlfriend yes of the
2: one camper uh it's <laughs> like really and then there's oh gosh um girl right we haven't talked about the girl at all like mm-hmm. you clearly have a crush on this girl really. um, and she like saves some meat flowers from getting crushed by you when you fall
1: yep and that was weird yes <laughs> not sure what meat flowers were doing there at all but oh well. interesting
2: yeah all your typical summer camp kind of dynamics i guess <laughs> from the 90s especially oh yes oh. yeah i think we can come back to the thing about like you know is it messed up that the game makes light of this stuff i i'm I'm sure we'll revisit that
1: so yes um, it'll become more painstaking and cringy as as time goes on but i i think i think i think there's a nice balance here honestly like it it has admittedly been a while since i've played it and like one of the things that you will notice immediately about psychonauts 2 is it is playing much nicer um and and being very deliberately more sensitive to issues of mental illness and on the one hand that's good you know good for them for being decent people on the other hand it doesn't have quite the same comic factors that it did in the first game the irreverence is in some ways endearing i think and i i don't really don't think it's meant in any mean-spiritedness in any way like as much as there are some fairly negative portrayals of of mental illness it is generic enough that no one is being targeted by any extent of the imagination and broad enough that anyone who's really reading into it would kind of have to work to be offended i think which maybe that's just my own reading and the product of privilege but um
2: i mean we are children of the 90s so we are that's
1: this, this was normal out. for us at one point we were who were brought up on looney tunes and you know uh, other fairly insensitive approaches what's his to name such man, such adam stuff. sandler that's the name i'm looking yes. for yep. <laughs> hit that guy <laughs> yep that too which i don't think it ever gets full water boy bad as far as Mm-mm. you know bad treatment of of mental illness Um, Like I said, it's much more arch than that, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But there is, you know, there is sensitive territory. Like by the end of this game, we will encounter schizophrenia and we will encounter, you know, like multiple personality disorder and manic depressiveness and is treated comically um, Mm -hmm. for better Mm -hmm. or worse. But it it isn't mocked is what it comes down to. Like at no point are you intended from the position of raz to make fun of a person who is suffering from this condition your job is to help them um Mm. to sort of work with them it makes for interesting mechanics and the mechanics are sometimes funny and and comical but it's never i don't think it's ever intended to be mean-spirited or even that insensitive
2: bearing in mind yep um yeah anything else steve anything uh sleeping
0: out of your mind door uh not yet uh you guys covered everything Mm -hmm. um but i am well yeah i'm sorry (laughs) uh but yeah i mean i'm excited to play the game and see where it goes yeah
2: yeah right on so where should we play to for well not next week but the next time we talk anyhow
1: yeah i'd say let's just Go ahead, push forward. Um, definitely go meet uh, Sasha9 and his secret facility. Um, you will, okay. under his help, encounter not one but two levels in quick succession, one of which is only partial, I admit. Um, and then I'd say go ahead and push forward into Mia's level as well, because um, that's another one of the sort of tutorial training stuff um that should give us plenty to do for the next two weeks and yet not be totally unmanageable like i said Mm -hmm. definitely spend more time wandering around the camp get familiar with the landscape talk to people um interact with weirdos um, of various stripes and we'll once we've got all that done i i think we'll be in a good place to to continue our conversation in two weeks sweet all right well happy uh happy camping till then Thanks y'all.
2: Have a good night.